my goodness, we are back. I am so excited to be back. I am so excited that you are here. Yes, I hope you've been praying for me. I've been praying for you. We are back in season three, episode one. This is Conquering Me podcast. I am Jennifer Jefferson here, over here in our little corner in the little world, in this big old world. We talk about the joys of developing a personal relationship with Christ. That is what this journey and this walk is about. If you are new here, welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you are returning, welcome back. I'm so excited to be here. We are going to be doing things differently. Number one, we have a website. Yay! We have a website. It is designed. It is laid out. And we are going to continue to add on to it. Um, There are some products, some Bible study guides that God is having me to work on. There are some journals that I am working on. And then down the line, we're going to have a newsletter. And this one I am excited about because it's really pushing me. Well, all of this stuff is pushing me. Let me just be straight up with you, okay? All of this from the Bible study guides to the journals, um, everything that God has given me, it was in prayer praying, studying, reading my word. And the Lord just began to give me these things on how to walk through the word of God. And what is so interesting, I have had this question asked to me more than once um, about how do I study the Bible? How do I teach Bible study? Um, I am a leader at uh, my local church. I love my church. And God has allowed me to really grow they are tremendously. And I do get those questions about how do you study the Bible? And um, and it's interesting because these are things that I never thought of. I was I, I always say this to those who are younger than me. You know, my parents, they're part of the, the baby boomer generation. So the baby boomer gener- generation, they just figured it out and they taught their children just to figure it out. So even to study the Bible, I just figured it out. It was something to where it was just like God and I, Lord, lead me and guide me along the way so that I understand your word. I know how to implement your word. I know how to be transformed by your word. The word of God is so important. This is in, in if you have been listening for any amount of time, you have heard me say that I desire and I proclaim to be a forever student of God. I will always be learning. And that is what we should all have that heart posture of we will always be learning, stay learning, stay learning, stay learning. So all of this is stretching me from creating uh, Bible study guides, guided journals, um, from the music. We're going to have meditative music that we're going to put on YouTube, all of these things. And then also we're going to have an apparel line that's really going to encourage us to stay on this walk and actually proclaim Jesus Christ and really talk about the goodness of God. So you all keep praying for me. I thank you for all of your love and support as we build the platform, as we build um, Conquering Me and as we build the social media. The website is conqueringme.co. .co, so conqueringme.co. So as of right now, you can go there and everything will lead you to the various platforms the podcast is on, as well as to the different social media uh, websites that we're working on. So we are growing and I appreciate you praying and just being here. Literally just being here. 
I know I know we need to get into what we're going to talk about today, but can I just say thank you? I just want to say thank you. I know according to experts, all of this should be at the end of it, but I just really feel that on my heart before we go into anything else. I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you. I look at the analytics and God has allowed this podcast to be heard across the country, United States, but also internationally. And I'm seeing the different people show up in various places via podcast. And it's mind blowing to me. And this year, this season and beyond, I want to be intentional about really putting it out there and putting it out in a certain light that I feel will definitely represent God and give God the glory and bring people into the kingdom. You all know that if you listen to me, my number one desire is to number one, make sure that God is pleased. Number two, that we are drawing people into the kingdom, those who are not saved. Those who are not saved, they become saved, right? They want Jesus Christ as their personal savior. And number two, those who are in the kingdom are growing closer to God because we have to become disciples. We have to be about our father's business while here on earth. That is our mission. Yes, we grow. Yes, we obtain the blessings. Yes, we get the promises of God, all of these beautiful things, but we are here on a mission right? This is all temporary. This earthly home is temporary. We have the joy of the promise through Jesus Christ to live in eternity with him. And that is through repentance, right? So today that's what we're going to talk about. We are talking about the beauty of having a repentive heart that I keep saying repentive, and I know that's not a word. So repentant heart repentance. I don't know. So, but either way, (laughs) we're going to talk about the beauty of that and what that really means to repent. Um, Truthfully, repenting is not just saying, I'm sorry. Repenting is a process. Some of us get to a place of repenting for various reasons. Let it be you are repenting because maybe you got caught. Maybe you feel genuinely sad about what you have done, right? And so for you, you are saying, well, Lord, I, you're like, Lord, I'm sorry. I need to do better. I feel guilty about this. And you're coming from this sorrowful place. And what's interesting, as I was studying this topic about repentance from biblical understanding and then also listening to taught messages about repentance. And it's very interesting what people say. You had one gentleman was saying it should not come from a place of of your repenting or saying, saying sorry because you regret what you're done. It is a response to God's kindness, right? And then someone else said, it's a godly sorrow. And truthfully, whatever gets you to your knees or gets you to the place of saying, Lord, I'm sorry, I turned from this, let that be so. I know in the body of Christ, where we like to have things done a certain way. Like it only can be done in lane A, not lane B, not lane C, but only this specific way. And for me, God is teaching me that whatever gets you to him, that is what needs to be done. 
whatever gets you to him. What's interesting, I had this conversation with my the, the women in my family. We have a monthly Bible study and the Lord places on my sister's heart to really make sure that the older cousins, I mean, the older, older nieces, I'm saying cousins because they are the eldest cousins, but the older grandchildren, because of their work schedule, are really having that time where they are learning about God because they're working so much, they're not able to really come to church like they want, attend Bible study and all these various things. So my sister, it was it was laid on her heart to really just say, hey, let's have this monthly Bible study for the women. The brothers, the men in our family, they used to get together for breakfast like once a month, especially when my dad was living. Um, but she, the Lord placed it on her heart to do that. And we've been doing that. And it's such a blessing. And I love how we were having this conversation about how we first came to God. And everyone had a different response of why they wanted Jesus to be their savior. Uh, one person was like, you know, I was in the church and I just wanted to be serious about it. I wanted to be serious about my relationship with God. One person was like, you know, real talk, I was tired of living like this, being out here, living in the world. And I just felt so convicted. I just ran to God. Right. And so you had these different responses. And my response was, I just wanted to know him. Yeah, I was raised in the church, but I just really want to know him. Like, who is Jesus, I wanted to have that personal relationship with him, but I knew I needed to have that personal relationship with him by submitting and saying to him, Lord, I submit and I turn from my wicked ways and I desire you to be my savior. That's what I wanted. It was the confession. And so everyone comes to Christ differently for one for whatever reason. The main point and the main thing that we need to celebrate on is that they came to Christ. So there is repentance that allows us to come into the kingdom, meaning Jesus Christ is our personal savior, right? There are, before you become saved, you are a sinner. Now that I am saved, I am with his child and I am with, I am with him, but it does not mean that now that you are saved, that you still don't have anything to repent about. We all have things to repent on. We all have something to where we see like, oh my Lord, I should not have been doing this or I shouldn't think like this or we see a habit or we see cycles in our life. All of these things that God allows us to see in a specific time and moment. I am a believer that God is so gracious where he only reveals things to us when we are ready. That is just how wonderful he is. Now, if we miss the sign, we miss the sign. That is on our part. If we miss what God is doing, that is not what God's, that's not God. That is us not being in tune with him. But we literally can be walking along in this world and doing the things of God and not really see the issues and not see the problems in our lives. But when the Holy Spirit reveals something to us that it is not becoming of him, this is a sin or a weight, then we now have the beautiful opportunity to say, Lord, I am sorry. I repent. We have this opportunity to say, Lord, I am going 
to become closer to you. Right. And I feel in one of the scriptures and the main scripture I'm going to focus on today, I'm going to hit a couple of scriptures, but the main scripture I want to focus on today is going to be Second Chronicles 7 and 14. And I'm going to read the King James Version. And it says this in Second Chronicles 7 and 14. If my people who are called by my name. Now, here's the thing. Now, this is, of course, in Old Testament. And in Old Testament, this was specifically for the children of Israel, those who were chosen by God. Now, because we are living in the disposition under Jesus Christ, right? Now that we have access to the Father because of Jesus Christ, those of us who have received Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, where we can cry out, Abba, Father, we are now adopted into the faith. We are now his children. You have heard me say this before. We are all his creation, but we are not all his children. Because of sin, sin has separated that, that relationship from that purity. Let's say that the purity of the relationship between, between Father, our Heavenly Father and us, his children his creation and also his children being made in his image and actually walking in his image. In order for us to walk in his image, we have to have Jesus Christ as our personal savior. We have to accept him as our personal savior. It is not by our works, but it is by grace that God calls us, that God allows us to be saved. Jesus sacrificed his life for us. So you can do a thousand good works, be the best good Samaritan that you think you are. You can volunteer everywhere under the sun and feel like your works are going to get the attention of Jesus. Or I mean, get the attention of God. It is going to be the works. No, what God wants is your heart. He wants a submission. And that is saying, Christ, Jesus Christ, come into my heart. I need you to be my personal savior, right? Forgive me of my sins. And that's what he does for us. When he died on the cross, that was his gift to us, that we may be restored through our faith, knowing that he died for us, that I am now in fellowship with him. So there's twofold. So when we're talking about in this scripture, uh, if my people who are called by my name, so now this is for us today, this is those who are proclaiming salvation. This scripture for me is kind of like the epitome of what repentance, the steps of repentance. Because I said earlier, it doesn't matter how you get to a point of repenting, let it be repentance of asking Jesus to become your savior or the repentance after you have been saved. However you get to the place, if you're just, look, you're sorry you got caught or you're sorry that um, you make uh, the Lord feel bad or maybe you feel really guilty about something. And the prayer is that as you repent, you're beginning to say, no, I can't do this because what is it doing to my Savior? We forget that we have the ability to make the Holy Spirit grieve. The Bible has several scripture about talking about the Holy Spirit grieving. Literally, we crucify him of flesh when we are not doing the things of God. 
Have we considered God's feelings? Yes, God has feelings. What? God has feelings? He's not a robot. Do you have feelings? Are we not made in his image? I went to, at, at our church, we had a, at the mother's board, they put together a conference about unforgiveness in the home, a teaching, and it was so beautiful. And one of the speakers, um, Dr. Robertson, I call her Miss Sandra. She's so sweet and just a, a woman of God. She's a psychologist, a counselor. She's amazing. And she said this one line, she said a lot of wonderful things, but one of the things she said was, Jesus did not come to censor our emotions, but it is our actions. And the scripture she used behind that was anger, but sin not. We can have a lot of emotions, but it's the action behind it that gets us messed up. So we gain our emotions from our heavenly father. You can read the word of God and it talks about how God was upset. He was bothered. He was crying. Jesus wept. All of these things, these are emotions that we have. David is one of those, I feel, um, David was great at really expressing his emotions, you know, when he was even in awe of God, how much he reverenced and loved the Lord, but even how frustrated he got with his enemies. And I was like, Lord, where are you? All these various things. So we have emotions, but we're not supposed to. We have to make sure we use the wisdom of God on how to move in these emotions. My pastor has said this, that our feelings, our emotions are a great indicator, but horrible navigators. So when we're feeling something, what is going on? But yet God, give me, give me the wisdom on what to move and what not to move, right? So I'm saying all this to say how in-depth we are with our emotions and we gain that from God. So when we do things out of the will of the Lord, whatever that is, have we considered how is this impacting my relationship with my heavenly father? How is this impacting God's feelings? Is he weeping right now? Because I'm just completely out of whack because I'm misusing his name. Is the Holy Spirit grieving? These are the things to where, you know, we're talking about a personal relationship with Christ. When you think about your personal relationship, you think about the totality of the relationship, the totality of the, of the person. So having a repentive heart, having re, being repentive, you know, once again, I don't know if I'm making a word by saying repentive, but really asking for repentance, I am considering the person I am in relationship with. What I say, Lord, that should be the prayer. When we truly repent, when we truly repent from our hearts and then from our actions, it is for the betterment of the relationship. It is not this selfish thing to unload the guilt or because maybe how you've been taught is this is what you're not supposed to do. And that's the only thing you know is the law, but you don't know the love and the fulfillment of the law. So when Second Chronicles 7 and 14 says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. God has been dealing with me lately about humility is our responsibility. There are several scriptures in the word of God that requires us, the Bible says, 
humble yourself. We have to humble yourself. Like this is one prime example. There's another scripture that says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And there's two of them that's coming to mind, but I don't want to misquote it. Two more that's coming to mind. But this, even this right now, when we're reading 2 Chronicles 7, 14, humble yourself. So when I am, I am know that I'm called by God. I am his child. I have accepted Jesus Christ. I have to humble myself. I have to see myself but also see the authority and the love of Christ. Have you ever just sat back and thought about the love of Christ? Let me tell you, that right there is humbling. That right there brings you to a place of submission. It brings you to a place of worship. It brings you to a place of humility that God, even in my wrong, you still choose to love me? Even when I doubt, even when I knowingly say and do things that are out of your will, you still give me grace and mercy. You still have your arms wide open for me. God, don't let us take that for granted. Who God is, he's so kind to us. He is constantly calling our names and calling us closer to him. Even in the failures, even in the mistakes, even in the times where we feel like we're not worthy, he's whispering that you are worthy. So the beauty of having a repentive, repentance heart and I'll just say this, a heart of repentance, so I can stop making up that word. <laughs> the beauty of having the heart of repentance is that I am constantly placing Christ the center of my life. I'm humbling myself, understanding that I won't always have it together, that I am going to make mistakes. But I have such a gracious and loving father. Whenever I say, Lord, I'm sorry, and I mean it from my heart that he literally forgives you in that second. It's not this long drawn out thing. No, he forgives you in that moment, period. He forgives you and he throws it in the lake of forgiveness, forgetfulness. And then we pray unto him and we seek his face. What is the importance of his seeking God's face? It goes back to relationship. Some of us are seek God in his hand, but not his face. For anyone that has ever been in love, let it be, or just truly love someone. You just truly love someone. Let it be your spouse, your children, a parent, family member. When you see their face, there's an, there you just light up. When you see them smile, you're happy. When you see them cry, you get sad. When you see them look perplexed, you're like, okay, what's going on? There is this intimacy that you know just by the expressions of their face. I know some of you are thinking, well, Jane, we can't see God's face. This is why he says, seek my face. There is an intimacy via worship, via prayer. This is why before that, in that scripture, it says, it um, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. 
So I'm able to seek the face of God via prayer. I have to humble myself. I have to know that I am his child. I have to know I am called. I have to know that I am made in his image. I have to know these things. And if I struggle with it, I'm going to go to the word of God and I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord because the enemy will not have our minds when we go into prayer. No, we're going to go in with the rightful perspective and say, my father, you are so wonderful and kind and loving to me. And it's not about all the words that we may say. God is not counting the words in prayer. Oh, in this prayer, she said a thousand words. In this prayer, she only said two. It is about the heart posture. So position yourself in prayer to really submit yourself and really humble yourself, understanding who God is and make it personal. Who is he to you? Sometimes I have to remind myself of where God has brought me from. Because the enemy will play you like a fiddle. And then what happens is we come to God in a bratty or um, a frustrated or an entitled way instead of a way of saying, whoa, let me humble myself on what you've done. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me really submit to your glory. Whoosh. The glory. That intimacy, seek my faith, turn from their wicked ways. This is the action part. Prayer is the action part. Seeking him is the action part. But real talk, turning from your wicked ways, turning from our wicked ways is the action part. This is for those who are called. This is for those who are saved. The scripture is not for those who do not know him. Because remember, in the beginning, it says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. There has to be a change in what you do when you repent. Repentance is more than just saying, God, I'm sorry. Repentance is, Lord, I'm sorry. I see your kindness and your greatness. I see how much you love and desire me. Like, do we realize how much God desires us? This is why Jesus died so that he can restore the relationship. He literally died for us to have eternal life, but to rest and also to restore the relationship. Eternal life is I'm being able to rest with my father, live with my heavenly father forever. That's how he wanted it. He wanted to have this pure relationship with us, but unfortunately here comes sin, right? This is part of living in the fallen world, all the struggles, all the issues, all the things that we battle. But it's pressing towards the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. And knowing that God loves me, knowing that there is nothing, nothing that I should be ashamed of because here's, here's real talk. He already sees it and he knows it. God knows what you're going to do before you do it. You know when the Bible talks about predestined? He knows who's going to choose him and who's not. He knows that. He already knows our path. Remember, he does not live in our time schedule. Like how we're looking at the time, we're like, okay, here's 123. He doesn't live in our time schedule. He already knows what we're going to do. 
give that over to him and really have that heart posture of God, forgive me. Because let me tell you what comes with that, the beauty of having that heart. Number one, you're putting the relationship of God first before over your emotions. So you're submitting. This is the humility part. I am putting my relationship with Christ first. This is what's far more important than anything else. Yes, that he, whatever that thing is that weights, that sin, whatever that was, maybe that was a part of your identity for a long time. Maybe that was a part of your comfort zone for a long time. And what's interesting, the Holy Ghost has given me wisdom and he continues to give me wisdom that some things that we do, we don't necessarily like, but it is a part of our identity and it feeds some part of us. So that's why we keep doing it. So I encourage you as you repent and as you turn, and we're going to go deeper into this. We're going to do a couple episodes about repentance. I encourage you to really, really look at what is this action that I'm doing, especially when you're struggling, right? What is this action that I'm doing? What is it feeding? What trauma, what idea, what lie is it feeding? What has it, you know, maybe you were told something years ago and you have believed that lie. It's the thing that is very much so against the truth of God. But you keep feeding that lie because you don't know how to rewrite the narrative. This is why renewing our minds are so important. This is why studying and being in the word of God is so important. This is why even confessing our sins to God, confessing our thoughts to God is so important because sometimes we just have to get it out. And that's why I don't know exactly what it's called, but you know, when it's called talk therapy, there's like a specific term for that in the medical field. But, um, and I was hearing this therapist and she's a Christian therapist. And so she was saying how we have to get these things out. Because a lot of us, we have these things bottled up. So maybe you're not in a position to where you're ready to talk, but you need to write it out. Write it out. And that's something that we're working on is creating journals and Bible study guides and various things that will help you to get things out. But then at the same time, as we release it, we are replacing that with the word of God. Because we cannot leave a house empty. We have to fill it. There's a scripture in the word of God that says that when the, uh, a spirit, a, a demon basically has left a house and is, and is now clean. And when they see it empty, they come back with seven, with seven more. Some translation says it was seven friends, <laughs> but it's like they come back with seven more. So when you have been released of something, this is why repentance is not just I'm sorry. It is I'm turning from it. What is the opposite thing that you need to do? What is the thing that represents Christ that you have to feel that action with, feel that void with? What is it that is representative of Christ that's saying, I need to feel it, right? God, I release my anger over to you. I release my frustration over whatever it is because these things keep having you to cut up. Some of it, some of you, it may be, you know, you're talking a little bit too much. You're gossipy. 
And so you're like, God, I know that gossiping is not you. This is not what you want me to do. Help me to bridle my tongue. And here's the truth. A lot of us have the gift to gab. We have the gift to communicate. But the question is, what are we communicating? How is it edifying God? How is it edifying the body of Christ? How is it giving God the glory? Right? So 2 Chronicles 7 and 14 gives us beautiful breakdown on what it is to have a heart of repentance. And I want to read it one last time. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Some of the things that you have been desiring, some of the things that you need and you've been praying for. Maybe it's time to take a reflection and say, maybe there's some things I need to turn from. I want to help us out. It may not be exactly what you think. Let me give an example. Maybe you're praying, let's say you're praying for a financial blessing. And you're doing all the right stuff. You're like, okay, I'm managing my money better. I'm I'm going through this, all this type of stuff. But it just seems like you can't break the ceiling. Maybe what it is, is there's some unforgiveness in your heart for somebody else that has nothing to do with your finances. God's, the kingdom, let me, let me just make this clear, as clear as possible as I can in this very moment. The kingdom of God does not operate how worldly systems operate. Meaning, like the example I gave, Lord, I want my finances to increase. So you start to do things specifically for your finances. You learn how to budget. You maybe um, are try to, you or maybe you went back to school or get a better, a different certification so you can earn more money. You're teaching yourself about investments, all of these things. And it's great, right? But you're like, there's a block. There's a spiritual block. And you know that there's a spiritual block. God is saying, I need you to go over here. This this over here is keeping this at bay. Because if you, if the door is open to the next season that you desire, but yet you're not cleaned up in certain areas, you will ruin it. Have we ever thought about how we can ruin our own blessings? Really, really ask the Lord to reveal himself to you in prayer, in the word of God, through any preached messages that you hear, any top messages about God. Expose me to me. What is it that I need to repent from? I'm going to give you a simple example. I asked my husband, I said, honey, my husband has been in the gym forever. I've been in the gym, but I don't go, I don't train as hard as he does. But I said, there are some goals and some desires that I really want physically. And I just told my husband, I said, okay, Chris, for real, for real, for real. (laughs) I want you to be my trainer. And everyone that knows us, they're like, oh, girl, you don't want him to train you? Because my husband, when I say that man goes hard in the gym, is insane. And he was like, okay, babe. So the first session, as we were training, in between sets, I was just sitting there and he was like, are you okay? I said, no, I'm praying. And he started laughing because he thought I was praying because I was getting upset. I said, no, I am praying and praying against the spirit of excuses. 
I have justified and excused every reason why I cannot go, quote unquote, harder in the gym or even within this, the podcast, all of these things. Because I said to myself, and I'm telling you, these are the the inner conversations that I've had. I'm saying, well, Jennifer, you go to the gym, you go, you get on the treadmill, you do some weights. But I knew I had to become more disciplined. I knew I had to do more things, but I did not want to. And and the way out and the way I gave myself a way out was through excuses. And there were justifiable excuses. So I told the Lord, I said, Lord, forgive me because I saw it and I kept really entertaining that foolishness. And I said, Lord, forgive me. So while literally in the midst of the gym, I'm just sitting there quietly and I'm praying against it because I felt it trying to overcome me and say, you know what, girl, just take your time how you want to. Eventually you'll get there. Some of us have that eventually spirit and it's killing us. And we need to ask the Holy Spirit to really reveal it in all areas, to remove all excuses so that we can get out of the very thing that is weighing us down. I have said multiple times this scripture and I didn't say it verbatim, but I'm going to say it verbatim now because I want us to really get it and I want us to understand what it is. Hebrews 12 and 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so uh, with such a great uh, cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which doth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. What I kept saying, we have to lay aside every weight and sin that so easily beset us. For me, the weight was excuses. And sometimes we don't understand that our weights turn into sin. These are the stumbling blocks. These are the things that we know that are keeping us bound or keeping us in a less than mentality. So I made that commitment to the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm removing all excuses. So in the moments where I feel weak, in his weakness, in our weakness, he is made strong. So in that moment, I was weak. I was feeling so vulnerable, so upset spiritually. I was just like, oh, I'm so sick of this struggle. I'm so sick of this. Why is this my path? Blah, 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 blah. I had to shut all the noise. And I'd say, Lord, in this moment, I need your strength. I need your strength mentally. I need your strength emotionally. I need your strength physically because I want to give up, but I will not give up. You have shown me the promises of you. You have shown me a vision. And I refuse to allow myself to be the problem. Repentance is more than lip service. Repentance is action. Repentance is turning on a daily basis, asking the Lord to kill your flesh and you renewing your mind. So we're going to continue more about this on the other episodes. I hope you have gained something right in this very episode. I know in the beginning, I took a little bit longer just to say thank you and I appreciate you and just to tell you what we're working on and what is to come. Um, But I really just wanted to say that to you. Um, I really do appreciate each and every one of you that's listening. And I am truly praying for you. I pray specifically for those that God has assigned to conquering me. And I pray that you continue to pray for me. And right now we're going to pray for anyone that wants to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. 
We talk about a heart of repentance. But the main thing is before you can have that relationship and really grow in God, you have to know him first as your personal savior. So if that is you, I want you to repeat after me, Lord, come into my heart. I desire for you to be my savior. I believe that you died and rose from the grave from the grave for me. Please forgive me of my sins. If you believe that and you have said that you are now saved, we are so excited to have you into the kingdom. We are so excited. God is excited. I promise you God is excited. I hope that you find a church home and be patient with finding a church home. Not all churches are the same. So be patient. Please be patient with finding a church home, okay? And take your time. But you need to be around a community of people that love God and that's going to love you and help you with your journey throughout this walk while we are here on earth. Because it's not easy. Just because you are a Christian does not mean that all of your trials and tribulations will be removed. No, that it does not work like that, okay? So continue to stay in the faith. And this is for any of us who are saved and who have been walking with the Lord. And we know that we need to repent on some things. Maybe pride, maybe ego, maybe embarrassment is keeping you from God. Look, you don't have to repent at the altar at your church. Repent at your house, side of your bedroom, in the car, at your office, whatever it is. It does not have to be a loud thing. It has to be a confession. It has to be within your heart. When I was praying in the gym, child, no one knew I was praying. It was just me and the Lord. Chris knew because I said, I'm praying. He just saw me sitting there quietly. So my prayer is that you, that you really seek repentance. God, we come against the spirit of shame, the spirit of condemnation. We come against the spirit of guilt the spirit of frustration, all the things that is keeping us from actually repenting and turning from our wicked ways and seeking your face. God, we want to seek your face, having that relationship with you, having that worship with you, having that intimacy with you so that we can see and feel your glory. We can feel the joy of you raining down on us because we are desiring more of you. We're desiring more to reflect you. We want your character more than we want the things of you, God. The things are the bystander. That's what's going to come. Because you said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of your righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. Lord, we thank you for a constant heart of seeking and a constant heart of repenting. We will never get to the point where we are above saying, Lord, I've, I'm sorry, forgive me. And I turn from my ways. I turn from this mentality. I turn from this action. I turn from this habit, Lord. And we will invite the Holy Spirit here to guide us and to teach us and to strengthen us. And we will seek your wisdom on what the earth, what earthly resources we need to do while we're here on earth to strengthen ourselves in that area. So we will seek you spiritually for wisdom, but we'll also seek you spiritually for the natural things that we need to do. And we will walk boldly in that. And I thank you for girding us up with your love and your strength. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I love you all. I love you all. And I'm so excited to be back. And I'm so excited that you are back. I will speak to you next Friday.